Hello, hello. We are so excited to be back with our fourth season of Single Best Scene. Now, some of you may or may not know that we've had a lot going on this year. I was abroad most of the summer and Maddie just got a big promotion at work. So we've both been so busy and have had a hard time even being in the same time zone to record. And this fall, the past couple weeks at least, Mads has been super swamped with her new role and just fall stuff going on. So we have not been able to record any new episodes yet for this season, although we have a list going, which I will read off here in a minute, just so everyone knows. But pretty much the plan is for me to come on and just do a little chit chat about how I am, what I'm watching this week. I do still watch a lot of shows. And so, you know, kind of just going to highlight some of them. Um, Sometimes give thoughts, sometimes give feedback. (laughs) There might be some spoilers, but I'll, I'll, as always, you know, we'll let you guys know. And so that is the plan for this month. Hopefully in November, we will be ready to have some episodes for you guys lined up back to our regularly scheduled programming, if you will. So yeah, that's the plan. Thank you all so much for sticking with us. To everyone who subscribes, we really do appreciate it and appreciate your understanding as we, of course, get back into getting back, (laughs) get back, as we phase back into post-pandemic life. As most of you guys know, we started this podcast during the pandemic, so we had ample free time to both prep, record, and watch new shows. So, you know, we kind of knew this was inevitable, that we were eventually going to hit a bit of a speed bump where we just didn't have time to record as often as we wanted to. And that time is now. So once again, thank you guys. And I'm going to read through what we are watching or hoping to cover this season. Oh my gosh, it's season five. Wow. Look at me. Can't even keep track. Time flies when you're having fun, you know? I do hope that Maddie can join me for a few of these just to so she can chat with me about what I'm watching instead of it just seeing me talking to you guys from my living room. But uh, like I said, she's super busy, so that we couldn't make that work for this first one, but hopefully, hopefully next week she can be on. These will be brief, less than 30 minutes. This particular episode will be even less theoretically. So yes, that's the plan. Talking about their favorite themes on silver screen. They'll try to stay on theme. Who said that this podcast was spoiler free? It's time for single best scene. All right. So 
drum roll, please. The shows that we are planning on covering this year for Single Best Scene Season 5 are Succession Season 3. That will drop in November. We have already recorded that, so we can promise that. Heartstopper, Anatomy of a Scandal, Abbott Elementary, Elite Season 5, Only Murders in the Building Season 2, Sex Eyes of College Girls Season 2, Drop Pending. We actually don't have a release date on that yet, so very much TBD. Severance, Starstruck, The Goldbergs Season 9, Maybe, Loot, and Our Flag Means Death, Maybe. <laughs> um, so that's sort of what we're thinking in terms of season five and hopefully we'll be able to get those episodes out for you guys that will be like in well into 2023 that was always the plan you know we do now only drop these every other week or that was what we were doing last year at least and in the spring once we kind of got busier and didn't have quite as much time as we used to so yeah that's that's the rough plan as usual if you have any strong thoughts or opinions on any of those shows please reach out on the instagram account at single best scene pod and we would love to hear all your thoughts so sorry for that deep breath (laughs) so i'm hoping to be able to just talk about what i am watching week of week to week with Maddie this fall. So I'm just going to talk this episode about what I watched in September. So I'm just going to run through this list real quick. I watched the whole season of The Hype, the whole season of Heartbreak High. I've started The Empress. I watched some of season nine of Seinfeld. I'm making my way through for the very first time. I tried Sins of Our Mother, I tried Dahmer, I tried True Blood, and I picked up a little bit of season four of The Crown, finished First Lady, or started and finished Abbott Elementary season one, and I have been keeping up with season two. The Great British Baking Show is back, SNL is back, I randomly started watching Bewitched the original one, and I also watched Our Beloved Summer and The Extraordinary Attorney Wu from the K-drama corner of Netflix, which I am so obsessed with. Like, buckle yourself in for when I get to that section. (laughs) Oh, I also watched, or finished watching Only Murders in the Building season two. I had started watching it when it was dropping in June, and it felt very at the wrong time, in my opinion, because it was still deeply winter for them in New York, and it was June in New York for me in real life. So I just put that on pause and watched the rest of it this fall, because that is when we watched the first one, and it just felt so like cute and cozy. I have never been a big like Hallmark Christmas movie girl. You know, like, I do have, I remember ABC or whoever, like, doing the 25 Days of Christmas when we were kids, and, like, elementary school kids, and I do think my family kind of did that, um, but my family is not very sentimental, so that was not exactly, like, 
a very poignant tradition that we ever had. So um, I've, I've never really, never really been a big nostalgia Christmas movie girl, but I do get worked up about fall cozy shows. Like I really want to have those on my screen. For example, last year I finished seasons three and four of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Um, I saved them for the fall and it was just like so spooky and seasonally correct and just really felt you know like the right thing to be watching at the time so I have tried to replicate that um it's why I tried True Blood it's why I ended up watching Bewitched it's why I even tried some of these darker ones Sins of Our Mother Dahmer like you know I do think I'm gonna keep watching Bewitched even though it's on like a free like free tv um app that's via amazon prime i think um and the commercials are so annoying and there's so many of them but um it is you guys know me the dick van dyke show is one of my favorite shows it's just such escapism because it's from an entirely different era the problems are never complicated it's such a like clean cut, you know, the rules world and um, everything is so mild, you know, it, it's what like going to grandma's houses, I'm assuming metaphorically. Um, and it's just so insular, you know, and it also is sort of like a documentary in a way. It's such a time capsule, right? Like they'll be showing their kitchen and I'm like, what is that gadget? <laughs> um or like oh this was the expectation of whoever at the time so I've been liking Bewitched and probably will continue to watch it although the uh, effects and makeup is real bad um but whatever so True Blood yeah I watched a couple episodes couldn't really tell where it was going I do love the late aughts of it all but um did go ahead and abandon it. <laughs> I, or at least for now, Sins of Our Mother is a docuseries on Netflix. I couldn't get into it. And Dahmer is too dark for me. The Watchmen was too dark for me. I don't like to watch humans being hunted by other humans. That is not a, someone's mind that I want to be inside of. That's just too much for me personally um i will forever be scarred by the black mirror episode where the robot dog hunts the human uh that episode is entirely in black and white if you know you know and so yeah you know controversy aside with Dahmer, it was like i had to fast forward through most of the episode and even still, I was like, this was awful. So um, I'm scarred from just watching the first episode that I fast forward mostly. So yeah, I would strongly discourage anybody from watching that. Um, Ryan Murray, Murphy, you know, what a guy. So a little bit of reality shows I've wa- been watching this past month. I watched The Hype 
in its entirety, which only has one season, although I do think they recently got greenlit for a second season. It is a uh, Project Runway-esque show, but just focused on streetwear. It's set in LA. Offset is one of the hosts, and he's got two kooky co uh, two kooky co judges. So it's three of them, and then um, I, you know, it's not my world at all. So I don't know anybody, but they seemed all very to be industry people that they got to do the show, which is really cool. Um, it was fine. It was better than Project One Way, but not as good in my opinion as Next in Fashion, which has a little bit more of like a we're all in this together kind of energy to it, I feel. Um, I don't know if that was just casting for the first season or Tan France's whole energy, but yeah, it's on HBO. I also watched, um, started watching the great, this season of the Great British Baking Show, obviously 10 out of 10 would recommend. Uh, Saturday Night Live, of course, is back. And there was one more. Oh, (laughs) I sometimes pick up um, Below Deck Australia, which Maddie has told me is basically the absolute bottom of the barrel of Bravo shows. (laughs) But um, yeah, whenever I'm feeling a bit nostalgic for my vacation in Croatia with an Australian company, so it was full of Aussies that were on the boat with us, um, that's pretty much as close as I can get is um, Below Deck Australia. But um, plus, like, I don't know, Yacht culture is, like, really interesting and keeps coming up in the news, so it's not, like, the worst industry to, like, get a little bit of reality TV intel on. But, uh, yeah, Seinfeld I've been working my way through and The Crown, two very similar shows, lol. Uh, I am on season nine of Seinfeld, and I am glad that I will have watched all of it. This is my first watching of Seinfeld. Um, It is frustrating to me as a New Yorker that, or like as a new New Yorker, I'm not like I'm a fair weather New Yorker, let's be clear. I've only lived here for like five years, but um, I don't have a car and most of my friends do not have cars. So the fact that like Jerry... And does Kramer have a car? I don't know. There's just like a lot of car driving in Seinfeld, which is not a relatable experience for me in my New York experience. But and I am jealous of them, let's be clear. And plus, I've realized that, like, I never, if you read the description or like whatever, it's, you know, these three or four like New Yorkers who are terrible people. And I didn't really get that until seasons like, let's call it seven, eight, nine. It feels like they've really like doubled down on the three main characters being awful. Um, like awful people. And that makes it less fun to watch, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah. The Crown, you know... The Diana years, I just, 
like I knew we were gonna get to, but it's such like oversaturation. Like if I never saw another fucking Diana thing again, it would be too soon. I know that's like a hot take, but it just seems like we're inundated with Diana Remembrance, Diana Fashion Inspo, Diana this, that, like it's a lot. Like it's like her, Marilyn Monroe, and Carrie Bradshaw. Three blonde women who I would be very comfortable never, ever hearing about ever, ever again. So that's why I've been dragging my feet on watching the four seasons of The Crown. Um, Abbott Elementary is adorable. We will cover it. I won't get into it because it's Nod's like favorite show, I think. But I, you know, I really did enjoy watching it. I would encourage anyone who's been thinking about watching it to watch it ahead of whenever we drop that episode to cover it. Probably at this point, we'll go ahead and wait until season two is out. Since it has already started dropping. And that is on Hulu. Uh, First Lady, I really enjoyed. That is on Showtime, which I got via Hulu, I think. Um, Or maybe it was HBO. I don't know. They The services. They very confusing at this point but yeah first lady um it follows uh eleanor roosevelt betty ford and michelle obama played by um jillian anderson michelle pfeiffer and viola davis respectively and sort of interweaves them in each episode there's 10 episodes and it it was really good i thought it was really well done I teared up more in this series probably than uh, any other um, just because the plight of women really gets me. (laughs) And, um, you know, they all had to deal with their own thing. Um, Like they each have, you know, repeated themes that the show highlights you know Eleanor's is women's rights uh sort of in general she also though had like more marital problems than the than the other two so her marriage comes up a lot um but like you know I yeah women's rights and also what do you do with a husband who you know, whatever. Then Betty Ford was like chronically overprescribed medicine and mistreated by her doctors, not in like an abusive way, but in like a very 1960s like combination of sexism and fundamental misunderstanding of medicine. Um, And that was hard to watch um, just because it's still a problem today, obviously, especially in the black community with death rates, birth rates, uh, with uh, death by birth. What is that? See, this is why I need Maddie here. So I can't do this by myself, but um, women dying in childbirth rates being much higher amongst black women than white women. Um, the fact that anybody dies in, dies in childbirth in 2022 is 
just horrifying. <laughs> but um, anyway, I digress. And then um, Michelle Obama, of course, had to deal with just endless amounts of racism her whole life. And that's sort of the personal struggle that they have her highlight. And of course, you know, with all three women, it's like that whole catch-22 of like, in some ways we've come pretty far and in other ways we have not. Um, And so I think maybe that's why it's a bit more emotional to watch this series. Um, Even though, you know, it is scripted, it is a story and they do a pretty good job of like moving at a clip. You know, I don't really think that they want anyone to be sobbing over anything, but if you have access to Showtime, I would recommend for sure. All right, Heartbreak High is, I learned via the internet, a reboot of a show that ran in the 90s. It is set in Australia, and that was really bad. It's set in Australia, and uh, yeah, you know, coming of age, teenagers, Australia. That's pretty much all you need to know. Um, It is set in 2022. And I thought the ensemble was really nice. They did a really good job, I thought, of casting and their blend. I do think it's already been greenlit for a second season, although don't quote me on that. Um, I think I watched it all in a day. Super easy watch. Um, Definitely not nearly as bad as Euphoria. It's a little more in the sex education um, realm of, like, kind of quirky, endearing high schoolers. And lastly... I did start The Empress. I'm about halfway through. I think um, it is in German. Um, and I'll hopefully we'll be able to talk about it more with Maddie next week once I've finished it. But um, pretty much just imagine the great if it was written by Germans, um, Austrian Germans. It's like very them. <laughs> um, uh yeah, just, um, I don't want to Barcelona this, but I did go to Vienna this summer, and so I don't think I would have had this reaction to this show necessarily as strongly as I have, but yeah, it's just, like, everything they do, the way the court acts, the way they act to each other, like, all the cultural stuff, I'm just, like, like hard eye roll like nailed it like yes absolutely this is how I imagined the Austrian court acting this is exactly how bitchy I expected them to be this is exactly how uptight I expected them to be like you know on and on um so yeah but it is extremely similar to any other female focused royalty show that um has come out in the past couple years so you know, be prepared for that. Um, fun fact, in real life, Elizabeth uh, Sissy was 16 when she got married, which they don't explicitly say that in the series. But, um, I mean, the Franz, Prince Franz, King Franz, whatever, was also young. He was, like, early 20s, I think. Like, they were both really young. But um, they didn't cast someone who looks 16 they cast someone who looks 22 um still young but um (laughs) reality it was worse as usual okay 
finally we have made it to the end i get to talk about two k dramas that i have watched in september i really wanted to do just like an entire solo sophie podcast about these two shows and if i get a couple more k dramas under my belt i might just go ahead and do that it is extremely frustrating to me that nobody else watches these shows and I can't force everyone to watch them either because they are long and they are in Korean. So it's a real stretch even for people who do watch foreign shows because the episodes are long and there's a lot of them. So it's a real uphill battle. Plus the way I'm starting to recognize the way that these K-dramas are written and I'm just calling them K-dramas. I actually don't know if that's the correct, like, I don't know if that's like too blanket of a term, uh, but until I'm corrected, we're going to go with that. Um, they really are more like romances, rom-coms maybe, but um, they are all 16 episodes and each episode is about an hour in Crash Landing on You, which is another K-drama that I've watched that I am actually hoping that I can get my friend Hannah to come and chat with me about because she has also seen that she was actually the one who recommended it to me um those episodes are over an hour (laughs) so that's like a real commitment but the shows the the pacing of them and the sort of like dramatic arc is a really slow run-up like you're three to five episodes in before you get in my opinion before I get like hooked into the plot Like, there are zero twists until three to five episodes and or zero, like, romantic plot twists, I guess. Like, romantic moments where you're like, oh, there's a chance for these two characters Um, until three, again, like, three to five episodes in. And that's three to five hours in. And that's just, like, that is too much to ask, I think, most American audiences, especially since you can't exactly multitask while you're watching these slower episodes and most people bail. (laughs) So I've stopped begging all my friends to watch them and I've just sort of accepted that this is just something I'm going to have to let live inside my head. But maybe someone out there listening will think one of these sounds interesting and give it a try. I really hope so. Um, so the first one is The Extraordinary Attorney Wu. So my, uh, Extraordinary Attorney Wu, W-O-O. Um, my mom actually is the one who told me about this, to my surprise. I don't know how she found out about it, but it's on Netflix. And the episodes are, I think, 45 minutes to an hour. I don't think there's 16 of them. I think there might only be 10. Although I'm not positive, I think Netflix produced this one. Again, I can't remember exactly. I saved all of the, like downloaded all of these to watch on uh, one day when I had a couple planes that I needed to be on. And so I really watched them all in a tunnel. But essentially the premise is Attorney Wu is Korea's first autistic lawyer and it follows her and her dad, who's a single parent, 
and owns a restaurant. Um, their sort of little life and her life as like the start of her career. She's recently graduated from law school and joins this firm. It's her first day of work in the first episode. And the season is episodic. So this one's a little bit different than the other K-dramas I've watched where it's more about the romance. This is more the new case every week type of a thing. Um, But it's really interesting to see how quaint and like well-meaning the show makes the Korean legal system out to be. Um, Like representing someone who's like the morality of your client seems to be a factor, um, which literally I can't even say that without laughing, um, since that is obviously not how Americans view uh, representation, legal representation here. Uh, the criminals also get lawyers and the bad guys also get lawyers and their lawyers have to defend them. Uh, so yeah, that is not how this law firm works <laughs> that the attorney, Wu, fictional attorney Wu works for, but um, it's very sweet and there's a little office romance and she loves whales. Like it's really um, a really cute show. Very like G rated. Like you can watch it with a child and if that child can read fast enough <laughs> or speaks Korean. Uh, yeah, it's a very cute show. Then our beloved summer i stumbled upon this one after i finished attorney woo and i wasn't super sold on it at first and then like as i said a couple episodes in there's finally that twist of oh my god so let me lay it out for you. So this premise is there's a documentary filmed about two teenagers who are freshmen in, I believe, college. Um, no, it's high school, but it's they're 19. I don't really get it. It's like secondary school, but it's not university. So, you know, I lost in translation maybe but I believe that they're both 19 at the start of the show um they're either 19 or 16 they look like they're 16 but maybe they're 19 whatever that part is not important they are the same age and uh the documentary concept is we're gonna follow the best student in the class and the worst student in the class for a month and just sort of like you know, see how their behaviors are different, see what they're doing differently in class, that kind of thing. And so she is the top of the class. He is at the bottom of the class. And, um, you know, that's, they hate each other. It's a whole thing. But the show picks up 10 years after the documentary because the you know, the, I guess, old clips start to go around on the internet, go lightly viral, and it stirs up all this uh, a new attention. And the production company that did the docuseries the first time decides to do a 10-year reunion 
documentary. So enter the two uh, best and worst kid in class that are now fully adults. It's been 10 years. They went to university. They've you know been in the working world for five years. And um, it sort of, you know, picks up where they left off or like, not even that, but like, you know, kind of where they are now kind of a thing is the general premise. However, the reality is it's so complicated because I don't think this is a spoiler because I'm trying to convince you guys to watch the show. After the documentary ended when they were teenagers, they started dating. And they dated for five years. Like they dated and broke up like at the towards the end of their university time or somewhere in the middle, maybe. Um and she is like really stressed out at work as an adult. She's like very stressed out, works way too hard, works crazy hours and feels like she's not very successful and he like became this like famous artist (laughs) so like arguably he's doing much better than she is and so it's sort of this like roles reversed of course right like dynamic now that they're adults and also they've been broken up for five years when this reunion thing happens and like he agrees to it like out of spite like as a punishment to her like he agrees to do it because he knows it's going to punish her. Like, it's so fucked up. But it gets even further fucked up because the guy who's in charge of the reunion documentary is his best friend from childhood who also has been in love with her the whole time. So it's like extreme conflict of interest. Like, the journalistic integrity here... Once again, I don't understand why nobody brings that up, like, pretty much ever. Um, I mean, I guess you'll have to see. Um, but Or be the ju- be your own judge if, if it gets pushed, really. Um, but I really liked it. And actually, Maddie said she might actually give this one a try because we both love a... Um, like coming of age, but with like a bigger timeline, you know, you can see more changes than just like one year in high school or whatever. Um, And there is something so interesting to me. It reminded me a lot of normal people. Um, Also, obviously, (laughs) 10 out of 10 would recommend. I think I cried both times I watched that show some of these some of the episodes I think I watched three times um, and now I don't think I could ever watch it again because um I've had my time with it you know um but it reminded me a lot of that in the like friction of growing up and having to sort of like come to terms with who you are right now and who you've been and you know, as young adults, like, deciding what pieces we're going to take with us, you know, when there are these big um, moments, either in your life or in someone else's, it's always, you know, I think, automatically cause for reflection and 
you know, recalibration. And in this situation, like, obviously it's like on a hyper scale because they literally have a documentary to watch and look at themselves and what they were 10 years ago, which, you know, most people don't have that. But anyway, I, there's side characters, of course, he's got a manager. She's got a best friend who owns a bar, um, restaurant thing. They call it a bar, but it, it looks like a cute little restaurant. Um, and it really is just like his parents are in it. Her grandmother's in it. Like, it's very sweet. And I repeatedly found myself like shouting what at the TV. Um, and there is more romantic physical con- uh, contact in this than in, for example, Crash Landing on You and also in The Extraordinary Attorney Woo. So it's not much, especially by American standards, but um you know, I was surprised just because usually it's so G-rated. Um, you know, maybe maybe this one's PG <laughs> in comparison to the other ones. But um, super, super cute show. Really endearing characters. There were a surprising amount of twists, uh, like emotional twists to the plot. And I did spoil some of them for you just now. But I think it's important in convincing you to keep watching the show because you'll get eventually to um you know all the pieces but okay that is it I will not rant on at you guys anymore today thank you so much for being here with me and with Maddie in spirit hopefully she'll be able to join us next week and we will definitely chat about the empress And we will also chat about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I'm watching that tonight. And who knows what else I'll turn on this week. After this month, hopefully we will be able to get back to our more regularly dropped episodes that are uh, just focused on one show. But until then, if you have any recs or um, shows you want to talk about, as always, reach out to us at single best scene pod on instagram thank you guys so much and have a wonderful week